Next guest, ex-SXX Surrey and ex-England, Mr Alex Tudor. Alex, how are you? Hi, evening guys, how are we? Yeah, we're all very well, Alex. How, how are you coping with the lockdown? Um, yeah, not too bad. Kids drive me a little mad, but um, <laughs> they're doing alright, because obviously it's hard for them as well. I mean, their homeschooling has been going okay, but... You know, I've got a five, seven-year-old, got a, an older daughter. Right. Actually, these were a mum in London. Um, so I've got my seven and five-year-old with me, and they just bicker every day <laughs> without fail. Bicker, bicker, bicker. Like, they love each other. They like playing. But then you turn your back for a slight second, or they're playing upstairs, and you just, it goes quiet, or you can hear the noise. I'm just like, oh, just give me a day off. <laughs> but generally, they've been really good. Because, as I say, you know, it's hard for them as well. Um, yeah. You know they they, they don't, don't understand. understand why they can't go and see their friends and why can't he come round and she come round you know why can't you know we go on the apparatus at the park and yeah and that type of things so you're trying to think of load of things to do is sometimes it's, you wake up it's Groundhog Day yeah um, you know we go out we walk the dog we come back we do some homeschooling they have a break then they have lunch and yeah it's just all a bit crazy but they they've done all right to be fair and um, one thing I suppose I've been able to do is just keep up. Keep up my fitness. Um, my yeah, wife that's what me and Brett have been doing. Yeah. Hey? We've been doing our fitness. Have you? <laughs> um, With what, though? <laughs> Drinking? Yeah, what? Yeah, well, let, uh, let's just say we're probably the anchor leg of the tug-of-war team, me and Darren. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, you've got a tough act to follow. We've just had uh, Monty Panazar on. Oh, geez. And we've well, just Monty's had... been bench-pressing sofas and... Yeah! Leg, what's all that about? <laughs> we asked him. He's been telling us he's been doing all kinds of things. And then... We got him doing accents. He was doing Australian accents, and then he did a Jamaican accent. Oh, did oh God no! Oh, Jesus. oh Monty. Now, before we came on air, you and I were just chatting about things, and I mentioned the fact that my family are from Guyana. Yes. And you're a beer John. Yeah, it's Bajan. Yeah, well, I, well, I'm English. I mean, I, I try and do Same. the Bajan accent, and my my mum and dad laugh at me. But um, yeah, both my parents are from Barbados. Um, very fortunate. We're able to. You know, get out there quite a bit. The kids are quite fortunate. I've got mother-in-law. She lives in Greece, and my parents are out in Barbados. So it's like, wow. where do you want to go this year, kids? <laughs> yeah. so, they're, so they're quite fortunate. And, um, yeah, absolutely love it. Where are your you know, hotspots in Barbados? So my parents, they, they live in St. Philip, so right. it's not too far from the old Grantley Adams Airport. Mm-hmm. Sort of five, ten minutes near Emerald Centre, if anyone's been to Barbados, which I know a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, but Barbados is that small. You're not too far away from anything, to be fair. And what are your favourite uh, bars or restaurants and things out there? Oh, jeez. Well, the thing is, is that um, the Gap has changed. The St. Lawrence Gap has changed a little bit. So yeah. you used to go to McBride's and stuff like the uh, Irish pub. Yeah. You know, you, you, you would go there and, and then you'd go to, you know, um, I'm, oh, the the, I'm trying to think of the club on the beachfront there that, you know, you, you would go there late and you basically you pay your money at the... at the, at the Harbour um, Oh, Harbour Lights. Yeah. And you would, get, you would go there and after dark and obviously I've got family out there so my cousins would take me to a few other places. But yeah, you know, you, you, you can't go wrong. You go down the gap and, you know, it's lively and, you know, you've got the vendors, Oysters. which I absolutely love. You yeah. know, the vendors, you've got the, the traditional food, the rice and peas, the chicken, the macaroni pie and, and plantain and all that type of thing. And, you know, you're eating that at two, three in the morning. <laughs> trying to soak up the, the rum that you've been eating all night and drinking <laughs> all night. You know what I mean? The banks. Yeah, the banks. Well, I'm not a beer drinker. I'm 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 purely a rum man. Okay, but oh. that didn't. I didn't. I didn't take my first drink until I was 31. Um, really? 
And a lot of people sort of say, was that because of cricket and trying to keep fit? It was no, because I saw how the lads used to behave once they had a drink, <laughs> and I didn't want to get in that state, so uh, I stayed away from that. <laughs> it, it was obviously that time at Essex that turned you to drink, was it? <laughs> well, mates, listen, we used to have, when um, Pop Welsh, when Graham Welsh was our bowling coach, the sort of later end of my career, he, we used to have debriefs in the pub. Yeah, that was. Um, he pops. was a massive. He was a massive darts. <laughs> he liked his darts. So we would the bowlers. We would have a debrief in the pub. <laughs> Best place for it. Not the Golden Fleece. Then no, I think that's how I got involved with Essex. Was I met Pop Welsh and Grant Flower on a night out? <laughs> oh God! Oh jeez! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a combination right there. They, yeah, they were. Uh, I, I was. Um, I was well oiled as they were that evening. And um, oh wow, jeez, man, you would have been uh, far into it then because those boys can put it away. I mean, they, you know, Grant Flowers, a very, very fit, fit guy. I remember we did once. We used to go to the Virgin Active next door, and we used to do a, you know, spin class as a group and whatever. And then they had this plank challenge yeah and after he'd done a 45 minute spin class he went straight and did a i think it was like an eight minute plank oh. it was like what are you on he but was, that's, yeah he was he was fit as a fiddle lean but he could also you know put it away at night you uh-huh. know with a drink and stuff and uh he, he just have nothing on him but i suppose he used to do that to amuse himself but then beast himself in the morning i, I was the idiot that sponsored him a, a drink for every run he scored in the last season of his career yeah, he got a thousand odd runs, didn't he? He's 720. <laughs> yeah, 700, whatever. <laughs> 721. The boys enjoyed themselves yeah, that I mean, year. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. Um, there was one year where, and I know you've had him on, Mark Butcher. Yeah. You know, good friend, good colleague, great guy. And um, one year he was sponsored by OCS. All right. And they sponsored him £4 a run. All right. He got 1,300 runs that year. <laughs> I'll leave the mathematicians to, to, you know, to do the quick math and find out what his check was at the end of that year. But it was, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it was just before he sort of broke into that Eng- England team. So sort of that, he sort of got in 97, 98. So sort of 96 season, he got a truckload of runs and they came in with his check for a lot of money. Probably bought him a nice guitar, no, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't drink or smoke anyway, so he wouldn't have done anything else. Now, talking of England, um, I've just been doing a bit of research, and I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, now, I well remember you playing and uh, some of the moments, but the stats tell me that you played just 10 tests yeah. and only three ODIs. Yeah, that's right. But... Uh, Indian, um, what was I saying? Sorry, um, injuries. Injuries. Yeah. Just so, sort of between 98, 2002 is when I played, so that's, what, a four-year period, hmm. of which I only played 10 test matches, but I was ravaged by injury. Injury just was not my friend. I, you know, it wasn't like the little injuries that keep you away for two, three weeks. They were pretty much a lot of months and years, and, let, let and sometimes about- a year and a half I was out for, so it just curtailed my career, really. And that's, as I look back, that's most probably the one frustration I do have is, you know, if I wasn't injured... How many games would I've been able to play, and what would I've been able to do? Yeah. You know, is always one that I sort of it irks me a little bit thinking, but it is what it is, and you can't, you know, you can't control that. And is it, as I said, I different times. If you were, if you were playing now and had those injuries, would there have been treatments or operations or whatever else? Well, I think I'd have been looked after better. That right. is for sure, because you know, whether it be you've got a central contract and now, and you don't, you don't play the amount of games now that we used to so obviously you know you would play for England 
and then you'd go back and play for your county yeah. straight away, where now it's, you know, if you've had a hard session of bowling in a test match, well, you're not going to play because you're under central contract, and they'll be like, you know, your counties basically don't see you. You're only bowling for England, or obviously if you're coming through injury or, you know, a bit of loss of form, and they need you to bowl some overs, then they may say, right, you can go and bowl, but that's all controlled where, you know, back in the day it wasn't. It was, you know, if a test match finishes early or it goes through duration, you might have a, you know, a, a NatWest game, 60 overs, so that's 120 right. overs, you know, the next day, and that might be, you know, miles away from where the game was previously. So, you know, you've got to tra- factor in the travel, you know, you're, you're driving. It's not like you've got drivers and a coach and stuff. You, yeah, you know, you yeah. can drive yourself. So it's all that stuff that just, you know, I suppose um, hurt the body. And, um, yeah, you know, when you were calling upon it, it was just breaking down on me. Alex, how do the injuries affect you now? Because obviously we hear a lot of older sports play, they talk about injuries containing careers and that. How mm. does it then affect you further on in life? Is, is it now something that's fully cleared up or is it something you have to manage in your daily lifestyle time Yeah, now? no, especially with my knees. So um, I do a lot of spin, spin, like so I'm on this Peloton bike pretty much every other day or every day um, doing it. And um, that, that tends to help with my knees because it builds up the, the muscle around your knee areas and, and your quads and, and, and all that type of thing so that helps me massively but um no listen if it's a cold morning or i've driven for anything less than you know anything more than half hour or so and i get out of the car you would think i'm 60 plus years old mm. um it takes a while for my legs to you know not a long way but long time but you know I'm, my muscles need to warm up that's why i like being in the hot weather <laughs> um the cold doesn't serve my knees very well um, so it takes a while for them to warm up, but once they, they're warm, I'm fine. But, you know, I have to maintain it. If I've had a heavy session, you know, you've got to drop the ice on that because, you know, sometimes you get swelling. But, you know, I know how to handle that now. You know, I know yeah. I, have to, yeah. I have to do certain things. I need to keep myself fit, um, do my stretching, do my exercises. And, you know, I don't want to be... I see some of the guys I played with and stuff, and, you know... It, it looks like you know sport has really, yeah. you know, taken a pounding on their, on their bodies, and they, you know, they they're really struggling. A lot of guys, older guys, you know, they've got knee replacements and and all this type of thing, and, and walking really badly. You know, I've been, you know, quite fortunate. Let's that I've been able to keep myself quite active, and you know, I'm a coach. You know, I coach at a school and, and stuff like. That. So you, you know, you join in with the training and that type of thing just to keep your fitness up. It's just. Pick out a couple of highlights from your career. Let's, let's, let's pick out a couple of positive Sorry, what's things. that? Let's, let's talk about some highlights from your career. So on oh. debut at Perth, when uh, you probably weren't expecting to, to play where you were sort of there, and then all of a sudden, in you go, um, yeah. 1998, and four wickets. Yeah, that was, that was crazy because, A, I was really surprised. To, so Caddy, Andrew Caddick always has a bit of a laugh. <laughs> or a little bit of a, a laugh with me when we play these PCA Masters games now together. And um, he sort of says, Choose, you you took my spot on that tour of 98-99. <laughs> he had got 100 wickets that year, that season, and didn't go. I said, Caddy, it wasn't me, mate. I said, I was <laughs> the, you know, the young bowler sort of going for work experience. Yeah. It wasn't a senior, senior bowling position that I took. So I said, uh, you have to take that out with Alex Stewart, mate. He's captain and, <laughs> and David Lloyd, who was coach. So nothing to do with me, fella. Um, <laughs> so he has a bit of a joke with that. But yeah, it was, it was a, a bit surreal because 
all of a sudden I was playing with lads who I watched on TV as a young lad. Gotham you know, was so on you, fire that you know, time, your Graham it? Hicks, your your Stuart, your Forbes. Obviously, I was lucky to play with them at Surrey, but you know, Michael Atherton, Nasser Hussain, all these guys, Goffey, and you know, Dominic Cork. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up watching these guys on TV, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm in the same squad as them, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm, I'm you know, I you know, I got my test debut in the second test Um, because again you know in the 90s we didn't fare well against Australia Australia. but Perth would have suited you though Alec wanted something Alec wanted something different and I remember he made me sleep over it Um, it was between me and Dean Headley Um, Dean Headley being the senior guy wanted to know the day before Stewie said I need to sleep on it and it was the worst night's sleep I ever had Um, nervous wreck and then in the morning tapped me on the shoulder said congrats you'll be making your debut and you know just sort of going out and thinking oh my god I'm out here and Steve War and Mark War and Mark Taylor and Ian Healy and I'm like what? what's going on here <laughs> this don't happen to a young 21 year old so early in his career but yeah it did and sort of went out there and if I was to ever you know um, as you say you know roll up a wicket to bowl on well that was it I mean Perth at that time it was the, the quickest wicket in world yeah. cricket and as a you know a fast bowler, you you know that's the sort of type of wickets you want to bowl on. So it was just nice, and as you say, you just went out there. I mean, don't get me wrong, we lost in what two and a half days and <laughs> and whatever. But you know, to that's go typical. out there and mix it with with but you the love, best players. You love the Aussies though, because I mean, fast forward three years, and um, you take a fifer uh, in two thousand and one against the Australians. Yeah, I I always say to people, I, I say, listen, I played ten Test matches, six of them were against Australia and arguably against the greatest team yeah. ever assembled in the game. So, and I did okay, you know, and, I, and I've done okay against them. You know, I've got some wickets and whatever, I can hold my head up high. I, I, I didn't get to play against the Bangladeshis, no disrespect yeah, yeah. back then, but, you know, your Bangladeshis, Zimbabwe's and, and stuff like that. I, it wasn't no easy wickets. It was like India, Australia, Sri Lanka, yeah. with some serious batting talent. And, um, you know, you had to mix it against the best and, and that's, and that's how it was back then. Did it give you an extra yard when you were playing against these huge names? Um, so I wasn't, I always say, but I wasn't express. I was, you know, I was a tall, so I got a lot of bounce, but I wasn't express. I wasn't like, say, you know, your Brett Lees or anything like that. I was nowhere near that. You know, even, you know, Steve Harmison and, and Freddie and his pump and stuff, they were bowling 90 mile an hour regular. Mm. I was, you know, myself, Dean Headley, we were sort of around the 84, 85 mark, could get the odd ball you know, sort of 87, 88. Um, but it was quick enough back then and um, definitely gave you a spring. I mean, just playing in front of packed stadiums. I mean, you know, in county cricket, it was one man, and he, well, not one man and his dog, but you had your members and uh, sort of an array of people sort of spread it around the ground, especially at the Oval being such a big ground. Sometimes it felt quite empty. But all of a sudden, you know, you, you dawned the free feathers, you got a great travelling support with the Barmy Army who were different gravy they were quality and then playing in england in in front of packed stadiums was you know as a boyhood's dream you want to go out there and as a professional sportsman or woman you want to go out there and entertain and perform and you know doing that in front of you know thousands and thousands of people if that doesn't give you a buzz i don't know what would you talk about obviously the fast bowling and stuff like that had you been playing now would would you mainly would you have played test cricket as much managing your injuries would you possibly have played more white ball cricket and uh, and played the shorter format um, of the game more? 
it's hard, really. I mean, I, I predominantly like the longer format of the game. Game slightly changed now, but there's, you know, there's a lot of white ball format. You know, 2020s come in, and you know, the 50 overs and stuff like that. I was predominantly a, a, a you know, four day test match. I suppose that's why I used to cater my my bowling for. Um, I would like to think, you know, given the time, I would have been able to prepare now as these guys are and stuff that I would be able to, you know, adapt my skills and and be able to perform at that level. It just would have needed a lot of hard work, you know, working on your Yorkers and, and your slower balls and your slower bounces and all this type of thing. But my pet peeve with the games now is that at least we played on decent-sized boundaries. Yeah. I mean, these yeah. boundaries now are a joke. Well, the Oval, um, you mentioned, in, in the 90s, was a huge ground. Well, massive. Absolutely yeah. massive. And especially if you played on one side, you know. I remember playing a game against Yorkshire and uh, Stewie got his highest you know, um, first-class score, which was 277 against Yorkshire. But we had this massive boundary on one end because we had the spinners, we had Sacklane and Souls, mm. and they had all their fast bowlers. And, we, and Adam Olliot says, I want a massive boundary on one side. So Stewie was hitting these balls that would normally go for four. He was running five. <laughs> <laughs> he was fuming. <laughs> he was like, you, I could have got a triple hundred. And, Stewie, and Adam was like, I'm not caring about your individual score. I'm worried about winning this game. And um, he said that would be best for, for our team, you know, give, you know, Ian Salisbury and, and Saka Mash that, that massive boundary so when guys are hitting, you know, catches will be held and, you know, they will have to run their runs. And, you know, I always remember Stewie was always the neatest, cleanest bloke in the world. I've never seen a scruff because he, he had to run like fives on a regular current and stuff. It was hilarious. Oh, this show is called 98 Not Out. Yeah. And if I mention 99 Not Out, yeah. Does that bring back It, it brings back and, some memories. And your count... I mean, good memories, but a bit of annoyance now. It's like 21 years on, and the frustration of not just getting that single run and, you know, being known for someone to score 100 for your country. You know, not everyone that plays oh. can say that they've got a century for England. Are you, st- are you talking to Thorpe one of those. now, or are you still ignoring him? What's that? With four you talk, yeah, you, you Listen, still, you're still blanking. I, we have joked. Me, you know, me and Paul Pierce safe. You know, he was yeah. a, a long colleague at Surrey. See a lot of him now, and so how could he whatever. Do that and the, the running joke is, is that I said, look, I've got over it. I got over it a long time ago. Yeah. Just don't meet my mum. <laughs> I just said, don't meet my mum. My mum. Yeah, you know I mean, I said you're quite lucky. She's moved up to Barbados. She's still, she's still looking for you with her, with her umbrella. You and know that- what I mean? She wants to knock some sense <laughs> into you. And, and listen, it's just one of those things. It was, you know, it, it wasn't like he said, I'm not going to get you. He walked, to that, he walked to the wicket on that day and he was like, Tune, this is what it's about. The crowd was shouting my name. They're going nuts. We were, you know, on the verge of winning the game. He's going, I will get you to the 100. And I was like, four people do respect, mate. If we lose a couple of wickets, it could go yeah. wrong very, very quickly. You know, they, they, they had some proper bowlers, but... Um, and we had some, I think Aftab Abib was on debut, Chris Reed was on debut, Ramps hadn't got any in the first innings, and then we had, back then, a very long England tell. You know, mm. I'm talking about, we had Tufnell, Malali, <laughs> yeah. uh, Caddy, Caddy could bat, but, you know, Caddy was there, and, and so it was like, look, this could go wrong very, very quickly, so let's, let's just get us over the line. I wasn't really, 
I think I was on 70-odd at the time. I wasn't even really thinking about 100 at that time. It was NASA's first game as captain as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just, you know, England just come off the World Cup, a horrendous World Cup, uh, where obviously Alec got sacked and David David um, Lloyd had, had been sacked also. And so NASA came in as captain. We had no coach. Duncan Fletcher weren't there then. And Graham Gooch was sort of uh, taking care of things as manager at the time. And yeah, sort of won him that first game. Keep reminding him when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Has he bought you a beer for it yet? Oh, don't be silly. You're no. not buying a beer. You're <laughs> no, having a laugh, aren't you? Not happening. <laughs> so these days, um, you're doing two things. So you're, you just mentioned it earlier, you're a cricket professional at uh, Kim Bolton School. Yeah. Um, and we had Jake Mickleborough on last week, who's doing a similar role at Brentwood School. Oh, brilliant. Um, but you're also an ambassador for the PCA, and you mentioned about the PCA Masters, and every year there's a PCA Masters game down at Brentwood Cricket Club. Yeah, which is just that's right. From here. So just tell yeah. us about the PCA and the work that, uh, that, that they do. Yeah, phenomenal work. Um, PCA has been absolutely fantastic through my career. I mean, I had a, a good friend, ex-teammate, Jason Ratcliffe, working for them for years and years, and he was deputy right. chief exec. And, and when I came out of the game um, in '09, he was like to this is for you, you know, we would like you to be an ambassador to play in these games, and I was like, yeah, fine, and, and as you said, I was, I, you know, back then I was in the change room with, like, people like Matthew Maynard, Graham Hick, Ramps would, you know, obviously Ramps was still playing first-class cricket, but, you know, Phil Defreitas, John Embry, Dev, all these guys were playing, it was like kid in a candy store for me, because the stories and everything like that, and, and the PCA has been fantastic, you know, over the years they've just got bigger and bigger, as in regards of, you know, these... You know, the lads have got somewhere, you know, if they're struggling, if they want to, you know, think about a career outside of the game now, you know, the PCA put on courses, put them in touch with people that they need to be in touch with. It's, it's just fantastic. And they cover everything, you know, cover absolutely everything. So, you know, to be made captain, which I was a couple of years ago, was a, was a great honour and you know, to get to boss around a few of the lads, you know, it was great fun, you know, Hoggy and Ramps and all these guys. Yeah, Ramps, just go down a fine leg, will you, champ? Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's great fun. And, um, you know, certainly I suppose that's the only, the only sport where that sort of thing can happen, where, you know, you play with your people you admire and stuff like that, and all of a sudden you're bossing them about. I mean, you say bossing them about, we, we have a bit of a laugh, but, you know, we're able to go, as you say, to Brentwood, and we go Bromley and all these other clubs and we you know try and raise as much money as they can on that day and it turns out you know a lot of people turn up and they you know as you said they get to meet hoggy and harmy and simon jones and you know these ashes winners and Monty. you know see corky and dominic cork and the freighters and, and, and people like that from yesteryear and yeah it's good fun Gets it was a bit a competitive time. sometimes sometimes a little bit too much competitive because lads really want to try and stick it on us and we're like, listen, if we were still good, we'd be still playing. We're a little bit older. <laughs> you know, they'd be running twos and free to, threes to us and stuff. So it can rub the lads up the wrong way a couple of times. But um, generally, it's all played in in, um, in great nature. And um, we have a lot of fun. And they say, just try and raise a lot of money for these clubs to you know, extend the great work that they already do. If it be their clubhouse or they need new nets or, you know, equipment for their club or for their Colts. Yeah, you know nice. that's what they use for. So it's it's really good, and you know it's a shame at the moment with everything that's going because a few clubs, you know, had, you know, that's not going to be happening. But hopefully, we'll be able to 
do that next year for them. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get round to try and see the people that we, we haven't seen. And as you say, bring, bring the England PCA Masters to them and just have some fun and raise some money. And they are they are a bunch of big characters as well, um, as you say, and, and the stories. And, and there's a little bit of, um, you know, um, after the game, there's a bit of, you know, a couple of drinks and dinner and whatever else and uh, a chance to hang out with these guys. And uh, it's, it's really amusing, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the guys, you know, we, they sort of hang around and, um, you know, try and have a, a drink. As you say, people just want to hear the stories. So sometimes, generally during a lunch, we, you know, each um, ambassador will sit on someone's table, the sponsor's table and stuff. And as you say, people just want to hear the stories, you yeah. know, who was the pain in the bum, you know, who's the best player you've played against, bold against, you know, you know, best batsman you've face and all this sort of bowl of your face sorry and, and stuff and um you know they just want to hear the stories and that's what we try to do and then you know during the lunchtime you know corky might be the mc he will go up and interview a couple of the lads and just give them a little bit of an insight of you know the careers that they've had and the stories that they've got and yeah it's quite you know it's quite enjoyable some of the lads are very funny some ain't but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> alex we are short on time, but um, we'll have to get you back for uh, for some more of these stories. And uh, and please stay in touch and let us know what the PCA are doing, and we will spread the word across our social media. Uh, oh, no, I appreciate once, that very much. Once lockdown is finished, we can we can have a, a proper get together, and uh, we can hear some of the stories in the flesh. Maybe you can visit. Us yeah, no soon. problem, mate. Thanks for having me.